TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And you're listening to the TalkLine Network over WVIP 93.5 FM HD2, New Rochelle, New York. We are America's only Jewish radio program on regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. Enjoy. Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly. What are we gonna do with our children? What are we gonna do to show we care? How are we going to be there for our children When they feel that life has just not been that fair A radio show on family matters Mask, mothers and fathers Align saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages For all mental health struggles if you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give them our number, 718-758-0400. We also offer parent support groups, and we are still by Zoom. So we have Sunday night, Dr. Shmuel Brockfeld, Monday night, Dr. Debbie Ackman, Wednesday night, Rabbi Dr. Benson Tversky, and the first month, first Tuesday of the month, we usually have Dr. Trisha Tia in person in Brooklyn. So if you know somebody that would want to join either in person or by Zoom, a parent support group, please give them our number. All calls are confidential. Our number, again, maybe it's for yourself. You want to jot it down for yourself, for your neighbor, or someone you usually would sit next to in shul. Our number is 718-758-0400. Tonight, I'm very, very happy to have back with us a dear friend, a colleague, somebody that's been on the radio with us before, and that is Geli Asovsky. Hi, Geli. How are you? Hi, Vera Kama. How are you? Always a pleasure to be here to support Mass. <laughs> Thank you. And I would like to just introduce Geli as being, she is a plate therapist. She's a registered plate therapist, supervisor as well, an EMDR certified therapist and consultant. And she's really a parent specialist. She is in Muncie. She has a private practice in Muncie and very well sought after therapist. So I'd like to welcome you and thank you for being on again. So I, I want to talk about you are a play therapist and uh, 
you know, the clock changed, times are uh, now where we can get out, thank God, more, and the kids are on the street more. Let's talk about what one should do to connect with the kids who will now be more outside in the afternoon as the weather gets nicer. Sure. So I think the big thing for parents to remember is that parenting happens in two-minute, five-minute, and ten-minute increments. Okay, many times parents feel like the kids are outside, we're losing control, we have no time to do the homework, the connecting, we can barely get them in the bath, they go to sleep later, all of this stuff, right? And it's real. I have kids, you know? But we need to remember that parenting happens in the two-minute increments, the smile that you give your child, the compliment, the eye contact, loving, gentle touch, a tap on the shoulder, a massage when they go to sleep, a question about what they would like for supper tomorrow, um, expressing interest in something they're doing. So even if your child's zipping out the door before they even, like they drink water, go to the bathroom, and they're out the door, don't feel like, okay, well, I'm helpless. Everybody has two minutes when they're doing something with their kids, getting them up, taking, you know, supper, putting them to sleep, bath time, homework time. Make that time the play time and the connect time. So, and what should the mindset be when parents, you know, when it comes to cell phone use when kids are home with us? That's a big one. Do you really want to know what I have to say? I, 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 I want you to know, Gelly, I must tell you this. I drive on the, you know, when I'm driving and I see people walking and not even looking where they're going. They're like uh -huh. on their phone. Kids are on their bikes. Kids are ahead of them, behind them, crossing. They don't even notice. Their people are just always on their phone it's frightening right and then we add kids to the mix so what i say is look i can't tell people not to be on the phone all the time they're not going to listen right so <laughs> what what can i do put the phone in a drawer in the kitchen when you're serving supper make it a habit to think conceptualize a half hour off the day you know, you're putting your kids in the bed, strategically leave your phone in the kitchen. Don't take it upstairs with you. You're walking out to the bus, unless you need that phone, leave it on the kitchen counter. Now, if I give you all of this information, maybe you'll leave the phone somewhere for 15 minutes. Uh, so instead of saying an hour, I'm saying a half hour. The point of the matter is, is that your child's success depends on you having eye contact, on you having conversation with them, on you smiling with them. Don't wait till your kid has a problem and say, I did nothing wrong. I don't know why. I don't know why this happened. This is the challenge of our generation. Let's face it. Put the phone down. You had the kids. You've got to pay attention to your children because otherwise, you know, your kid may not develop a problem and need therapy or intensive support because you were on the phone once. 
But if the kid never had eye contact with you, never felt that you cared about them, felt that the phone came first, that puts your child at risk. So just realize what you're playing with. And I want to add, in restaurants, if you take a look around the room, people are eating with their spouses or friends, and they're also on the phone. So it's not only happening on the street or at home with children. It really is everywhere. And then we give the kids iPads to keep them busy so oh, that they don't have to worry, right? <laughs> that's so going to be a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be happy for you to call on me to talk about technology in the car, the plane, the restaurant, the train, uh, in the shopping cart. Um, it's really a crisis. So let, let's keep then with that conversation. What do you want to say to parents on that? I just want to say that every opportunity you have to connect with your child, use that. Don't abuse that time. Don't abuse the privilege. You have the children. You know, I'm coming across very strong, but this is a short radio show. We got to get the whole thing in, right? And you want my expertise. I want you to realize don't need to pay top dollar to a therapist to sit and force you to look at your child and play with your child and then think, like many people say, is this what? I could do this at home. I could play with my kid in the doll, with the dollhouse and the kitchen center. I can race trucks across the floor. And I say, yes, please do. Therapy will take a lot more, shorter. And I advise parents as part of the therapy to literally watch me play with me and their child and then literally create two 20-minute sessions a week in their house to play with their children. And you know what happens? The kids get better and everybody in the house says, I want to play, mommy, I need my special time. And the kids get better. Surprise. <sighs> so it's, it's, it's very clear. The research is very clear. Now we need research to prove things, right? Absolutely. But that, that's what it's about, okay? Right. So also I want to bring up something most important, and that is protecting our kids from sexual abuse you know, while they're spending more time outdoors. That's another big topic. So I'm just going to give, uh, you know, just a quick advice here. And you ask questions if you want clarification, Rakama, okay? Um, so what I want to say is, number one, there are certain times of the year where you have to have the conversation. And the conversation is, look, we safety. And safety is... Uh, we, we don't want kids to get obsessed. Oh, my mother, she's so concerned about sexual abuse. We want to say safety with uh, the spring. You got to watch when you cross the street. There are more cars on the road. There are more kids on the road. You got to watch when you play sports, wear your safety gear, wear your helmet. Um, you may be going into uh, a playground. You got to watch if there are any random weirdos around or people that look like they're nice, but they're saying funny things like, come to my car, do you know where, um, whatever, you know, whatever address is, and adults shouldn't be asking children for addresses, they should be asking another adult. Be weary of an adult that's in the playground that's giving out candy, talk to your parents. Don't go into someone's house without telling 
um, your parents where you are. Uh, you should never be in a locked, closed door with another child your age, a teenager, um, a, you know, a friend's parent alone. Anything that's weird or different, teach your child to have antennas. And the best book, and I know I've said this before, is I Said No by Kimberly King. It's wonderful for parents to, to read because it talks about the concept of red flags and green flags. And what is a green flag that's go, 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 good? Red flag is, oops, not good. Scream, yell, run, come talk to your parents. So make it as just part of a greater conversation and then keep your ears and eyes open. Don't be an absent parent. Pay attention to what's going on with your child, where your child's going. You know, walk out of the house and look at what's going on. Can you give out the name of the book again, please? Sure. I Said No by Kimberly King. It's a lovely light blue book with a picture of a, a kid, a big, it's a big picture of a cute little kid on the front cover. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we do Amazon. get phone calls. We, we do get phone calls from parents that their children don't want to go outside and play with friends. What would you say to those parents? You can force a kid. You, I mean, you can't force a kid. You can encourage a kid to go out. You can go out with the child so that you sit there and encourage, like even an artificial play date where you're taking your kids out for pizza with another friend, you know, or, or uh, invite kids over or sit on the stoop and let them shadow you for a little bit and see if you can make them feel more comfortable. At the end of things, you really cannot force a child to do what they don't want to do. Some children are shy. Some children are afraid to be bullied. This is one of those things that I want parents to think about, well, why is this happening? If there's a trauma or fear of bullying, get your child help. Um, or get yourself help. You know, do a parent. One of the support groups that MASP offers, get help. It's some kids just naturally, they're just quieter, they're shy, they're not going to do that. Find baking activities, uh, get some games for the girls, you can get some projects. For the boys, you can get some projects. Find out what their interests are and have them help them have a healthy summer, a healthy spring. But definitely look into the why they don't want to go out. Very important. And what worked for one family was her child refused to go out and play with friends. And before she found out why, she decided to play games with him. Yes. She did it outside. So then other friends, he was a shy boy. So other friends on the block, other people on the block, kids his age came over to watch. And that mm -hmm. is how they became friendly. And then he felt comfortable uh, while he was playing with his mom, the game. So it was really a great idea. I love that. And I want to say, I want to speak to bullying again. I have dealt with many cases of bullying, but there's one case that I've been working with for a while now where there was one kid in the neighborhood that ganged up and literally bullied the child that she wasn't allowed to talk, talk to one friend. Then they went and she tried to make friends with another girl. Then she told the bully came and said, who do you think you are? 
that that friend doesn't want to be friends with you, right? And then it continued into the school setting. So we really have to be aware that the springtime, summertime does, uh, you know, for kids who are being bullied. And that's why I say you always need to have an extra pair of eyes. It really is very difficult. So it could be either one issue is not the same for each child that's that's struggling with this particular Absolutely. And you know, parents do get distracted when they're outside chatting with their neighbors. Uh, They may get very distracted, but it is a good opportunity to keep your eyes open while you're with your friends. Uh, But sometimes kids, like you said, they're bullied or they're shy. So what does... What do you suggest to the parent whose child is constantly near the mom or the dad while they're outside? Uh, it's a great question. It recently came up, I would say, when I, uh, in my Playful Parenting program, I have a Q&A, and this came up, uh, a pre-submitted question. And, uh, you know, the, the, the neighborhood was, they were all divided. Some people felt like, hey, this is our coffee clutch. We talk about adult stuff. The kids, you know, let the kids do what they want. And if kids are clinging to their parents, let them go inside and mind their business. We want our time. And what I basically said was like, look, as mothers, when you have children, your first priority is your child. A child should not be forced away from, you know, an adult coffee clutch. The, The conversation should be geared to what kids can do. And sometimes the kids don't want to go away with their parents. They just want to latch on. So we encourage them. We support them. We can artificially create an environment for them by setting something up. We can put up a neighborhood sprinkler. We can, uh, you know, buy pizza and have everybody sit at the table, pull our money together. We can create a ball game. But it's children cannot be pushed away. A child needs to feel like they're loved and they're welcome, even if they uh, do behaviors that annoy mommy. So you say about annoying mommy, there are parents that are very frightened about their kids riding bikes and scooters and, you know, all these different riding equipment. Uh, And kids do push and may not want to wear a helmet. What do you say to those parents that have their own anxiety? Yeah. So first of all, about helmets, they're non-negotiable. Correct. Okay? So you got to get the kid a helmet. Don't do it with a hammer. Do the education. I remember when helmets weren't required. I learned how to ride a bike. I hurt myself. Let me tell you how that head hurt. Scrape knees, head hurt. Um, helmets have actually cracked in half from bike accidents. If a child's skull will remain intact, you need to do what you can and educate your child. Don't scare them to death, but these are the rules, and we're doing it because we want to protect the child's health. Okay? So the, the thing about parents' anxieties is that parents need to address their anxieties. A child riding a bike, a scooter... Um, This is part of a healthy child development, fresh year, good exercise, motor development, um, friendly competition with friends. We do want to set parameters about 
how far children can go, whether you're in the city or in the suburbs. There are different rules for children. And um, a young child should always be within their mother's, uh, you know, reach in terms you should be able to see your child, okay? But once they get to be eight, nine, ten, they're typically riding a little further. We want to balance giving them independence with also keeping them safe. If you're anxious, I want you to really look into what is causing your anxiety. Is it something that happened in your own personal childhood? Is it a fear you have? Go get help, address it, talk to a friend. Not all help has to be therapy, right? But talk about it. Don't don't put it on your kids and stunt their growth because you're anxious. I also say that with hoverboards, drones, um, what else is out there? Uh, what's that one now? Um, there's another one. These things, there are safety concerns. You really should talk to your pediatrician and figure out what's appropriate and the risk-benefit analysis. I, I don't want to speak to that on a on a radio show because everybody's, you know, a kid's balance, a kid's uh, understanding of safety. All these things are different. So Right. So let's go back then um, to the summer and being outside and chatting with neighbors, both parents and kids being more outside and together. Everyone's so happy to be able to, you know, be outside and be together. Um, so let's talk about the dangers of when, you know, you may be outside and uh, your kids may want to go to a neighbor's home. Oh, there are rumors that dad is a pedophile. Um, yeah, <laughs> I sighed. Big topic. Sadly, I work with those kids and teenagers that have been in situations. I've been called uh, when teenagers terrorized kids in the neighborhood uh, and, and tons of kids were sexually abused. Eyes and ears open. The first thing is, if you know that an adult male, and I say female because we mostly think of it as males, but sadly there are females, teenagers, and adults who, who are... Uh, you know, sexually abusing children, um, a teenager that you're worried about, you need to worry. If you have the facts straight, you need to be honest with your kids and you need to say that the kid can come play in your house, you can't go in their house. The piece here is that the child may have been abused too and then could become an abuser. So no closed doors, no locked doors. Children should know that we don't close doors. Mommies are able to come in. Uh, you know, fathers are able to come in. Wherever we go, uh, we need to keep our children safe. And, uh, you know, a specific issue may require a specific consultation. But given the work that I do, uh, I can tell you very clearly, abuse happens all over. You wouldn't believe where abuse happens it can happen at the coat rack of of a, a you know in a shul in a synagogue it can happen at a party event it can happen behind a school bus it can happen in your own home it can happen in the neighbor's home you need it's not just 
like stereotypical things. On an escalator, we had on an escalator, we had in an an, uh, elevator. We've had so many clients. And like you said, under your nose in your own home. Shabbos afternoon. Shabbos Shabbos afternoon when parents are sleeping or when parents have guests over and there are no locks on the bedroom doors. Uh, we, we, we've heard every, every kind of place possible. We, you cannot be too careful. Yeah, and if you're not sure how to talk to your children about this, please. Mask is a great um, referral source. <coughs> they are available to support you. Uh, you can find your own support by finding a qualified therapist. Whatever the issue is, just realize keep your kids safe. You want to, you gave birth to them. You want to be able to let them raise them in a healthy manner, watch them get married, set up their own families. You, you, this, these are the basic foundational pieces that you, that we as parents, and I'm speaking to myself, right? We as parents need to do and put that cell phone away because it distracts you and then you really don't see what's going on. Right. It's in small moments, the in-between times that bad things could happen. But I don't want people to live their lives thinking that bad things happen all the time. You can't protect your children fully, but you can give them the ability to be resilient knowing that you did the best you could. Absolutely. Thank you. So let's just uh, talk about from what age do you usually recommend that a child can babysit? Um, You know, parents go out. They a lot of times leave their children at a very young age home to babysit siblings. What is the age that you agree to? I want to say, yeah, my recommendation would at this point match state guidelines. A child 12 and younger doesn't have the emotional ability to be able to figure out what to do in a situation that's dangerous. They may actually, you know, that's the baseline. A child who's eight, who's seven, should not be left to attend to two younger children without parental supervision. A child that's even 8, 9, and 10, they don't have the ability to respond to a fire alarm, to uh, someone ringing the bell, and uh, opening the door to a random stranger, bad news. Uh, They don't have the ability usually to understand when a child needs a diaper, when a child needs a bottle. Uh, Adults are adults for a reason, so I really... I know that people don't listen to these recommendations, but I have to be really clear about that. Again, based on my own personal experience raising children, I'm the third of 12 kids. I can tell you how my mother raised me. My mother was there. Okay? There's a reason why. I go back to, if you had the kids, you really need to take care of them. Hire a babysitter if you need to go out, but hire a reputable babysitter. Do your research. Don't just get anybody because you're desperate. Um, or wait till your husband comes home. Or wait till you can get somebody 
so that you can take turns going out, going to your friends, out with your friends, going to a wedding, wherever you want to go, you're entitled to do some self-care. And I'm a firm believer in that. But make sure your kids are safe. So we are running out of time. My last quick question is teenage daughters to babysit in other people's home. In less than a minute, if you could just give us what your opinion. You have to know who your kid is going to. So, and you never know. And they should never be driven home by the father of the household. So uh, that's a very quick answer. But um, I have already gotten a lot of feedback that parents are no longer letting teenagers babysit because of stories they've heard. But it is a huge help if you can help somebody. But it needs to be done with the right, the right information. Protect your kids first. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for always coming on and being available for masks in general and for the parents. Kelly Asowski, who is a certified a registered play therapist and supervisor and EMDR specialist. She's a parenting specialist and kids therapist. So I'd like to thank you again for being on. Hope to have you on again soon. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you. And I want to wish everybody a very good evening, a beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, hang in, hold on, and virtually for now, still hug tight. Tonight's show is in memory of Rivka Bas Yisrael. Please consider going online and donating at maskparents.org so we can continue with all the mask programs. Thank you. And have a good night. And you're listening to the Talkline Network over WVIP 93.5 FM HD2, New Rochelle, New York. We are America's only Jewish radio program on regular broadcast radio on the internet and digital platforms. Enjoy. Enjoy.